Good afternoon. It is currently ah. 4.05 in the afternoon. This is Derek, your host for Brew and Kind. Brew of a Kind. Brew of a Kind. You should probably learn the name if you're going to be the host. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys can go out and play hide and go fuck yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great day. Oh, you're recording this. Back to, <laughs> back to our scheduled Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Brew of a Kind. I'm Katie. And I'm Jordan. And today we have a special guest with us, my husband, Derek. Hello. We're excited to be back with you guys for another episode this week where we will be talking about the topic of parenthood, which is why we've brought Derek on with us because. I'm not a parent, but Jordan and Derek are. So today I'm going to be reading some stories for them to weigh in on uh, with their um, life experiences with Little Fox. <laughs> We're excited to hear them. <laughs> some input. <laughs> to start out, our brew of the day today. <laughs> We're taking it back to Starbies again with some pumpkin spice frappuccinos because it's October 1st. Yes, so it is fall. It is time to get into the pumpkin spice season. <laughs> Spooky season, Spooky pumpkin season. season, whatever you want to yeah, call it. all of that. It's all good. We're embracing our inner basic bitch today. Anything that you guys want to say before we dive into the stories? Do you have any words of wisdom? Don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> Such a dad comment, right? Like... Derek is the podcast dad. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into it then. All of the stories today are coming from the r slash am I the asshole subreddit and will be surrounding the topic of parenthood. We'll just get that out of the way from the jump. So our first story is titled, Am I the Asshole for Telling My Friend to Stop Giving Me Parenting Advice? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, 24 female, have a child, 3 female, who has cancer, B-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia. She was diagnosed over a month ago and has had aggressive chemotherapy since she has two genetic mutations that make her high risk. My daughter has had an incredibly hard time adjusting to losing her hair. She loves everything Disney princess related and loves thinking that she's a Disney princess. She thought that without her hair, she wouldn't be a Disney princess anymore. I have done my best to tell her that this is not true. Enter my friend Shay. Shay has been a good friend since high school, but she is one of those mothers who is very holier than thou about the way she raises her children. She brags about being against all vaccinations Ugh. and she pushes for others to do the same. She is all against screen time and doesn't let her children go to school. She's very critical of me. And when my daughter was diagnosed with cancer, Shay tried to get me not to agree to chemotherapy. What? She accused me of trying to poison my daughter after I turned her MLMs and natural remedies down and told her that we would be doing chemotherapy. 
She apologized and I forgave her, but when I was trying to decide whether to shave my daughter's hair, she told me not to and to let it just all fall out so that I would not rob my daughter of her girlhood. At first, I tried to listen to her, but my daughter came into my room at 10 p.m. screaming, take it off, mommy, take it off, over and over again while grabbing at her hair. So I took her into the bathroom and shaved it. I have hats, headbands, wraps, and was well prepared for this as we were in the hospital for almost a month and doctors told me what to expect and how to prepare. Shay blew up at me, accusing me of shaving her head just to contradict her. I told her to shut up because she has never had to make these decisions and she doesn't know anything about this. I said that I was done asking for her advice at all and that if she doesn't stop, I will block her on everything and not allow her to visit anymore. She got really upset and some of our mutuals say that I was too rude while others are taking my side. Am I the asshole? No. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is going on here? No, you're not the asshole at all. I called it like right at the beginning. (laughs) No. (laughs) First off, I very much am a believer in science. So like vaccinations and, Mm -hmm. you know, chemo for a cancer patient. I can't even believe somebody would be like, no, you should take my MLM product that'll cure your child's cancer. No, that's ridiculous. I I have no words. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Oh my God. I'm not a parent, but you don't have to be to know that this woman is not the asshole, but her friend like, is Shay? the biggest asshole Ooh. on the planet. <laughs> yeah, Shay's definitely got some her priorities in the wrong place. Like, first of all, it's not your kid, so shut the fuck up. And, uh, you know, also, it's her, even if it was her kid, you know, she just never had to deal with cancer. I mean, that's a huge deal. And if her daughter's saying, please help me, mommy, help me, mommy, take it off, take it off. Like, why wouldn't you want to take care of your child? I, I just don't get that. That complete disconnect. First of all, mind your business. And second of all, if you're going to be supportive and helpful, you know, help her with the recovery process. Don't try to change her mind, change her mind or try to get her to fit your narrative or your beliefs, you know, just be a supportive friend and and try to help her out. You may not agree, but, you know, ultimately you can agree that, hey, you want to ease this child's suffering. I mean, that in itself should be enough to convince you not to just be insane. What I can't understand is how her quote unquote girlhood, which hair, that's a rabbit hole that I'm not even going to go down, but How does that take priority over her comfort and well-being? Put a wig on her if you really want her to have hair. But, like, what? Well, she's screaming and crying that, like, she's in pain and wants her hair off. Cut her hair off. Like, it's just hair. Don't take her autonomy away just because she's three years old. Yes. Right. And since when did hair become a beauty standard? Like, you have, if you don't have hair, you're not a, a beautiful woman. You're not a woman. Like if that if that were the case, then you know any man who doesn't have hair, he's he's not a man because he's bald. Like this whole standard where you have to have hair to be beautiful. Like I think it would be nice to see you know Disney to be a little bit more inclusive and maybe have like a bald princess. And you know people might say, oh well, that's woke, which don't get me started on that whole piece. But <laughs> you know I think like they're getting better at inclusivity, and I think that's why it draws a lot of ire from the right wing. But you know I I personally don't 
buy into that whole standard that you have to have hair to be beautiful. And don't get me wrong, I'm very much a, a hair person, as my wife can attest. I, I love beautiful hair. Like I can see it and just be like, wow, gorgeous hair. But that doesn't necessarily mean that someone who doesn't have hair or doesn't have like perfect hair is ugly or is not their gender or whatever the case may be. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I just, I, I can't understand the argument from the friend's point of view here. Right. I don't see how girlhood and having hair a certain way connects at all. Especially if she's got cancer. I mean, for crying out loud, people, people would understand that. Like it's kind of an expectation. Right. Like there, there's nobody judging this three-year-old little girl for not having hair. No, right. not a single soul on the planet. Well, they shouldn't be anyway, but apparently this friend kind of is. Well, and if you're judging the three-year-old who doesn't have hair, that speaks about your character more absolutely. than it does anybody else's. Yeah. Well, not to mention the no vaccines and all that other stuff. Like, you know. and and the thing is, like, the whole fact that she doesn't take her kid to school, I think all too often there's that assumption that because your kid doesn't go to public school that they're one of those religious freaks or whatever the case may be, you know, I, I think that that has definitely a, a negative stigma um, as being a parent of a homeschooled child. Um, I am very happy with that decision. Uh, it wasn't religious based. It wasn't really anything based other than that was her preference. Um, you know, initially it was due to the COVID pandemic. So that was more of a safety issue, but afterwards, you know, we, we leave it up to her because mm -hmm. she knows what she likes and doesn't like. And having that kind of self-determination, I think is very um, important for her uh, to kind of teach her that, you know, she has a voice and she can make her own decisions. Um, and we talk about it. And I think that in itself is a lesson for her that's going to stick with her forever. There's definitely two sides of the story. So I know a lot of people might uh, make assumptions. Uh, so that's just kind of my two, two cents on that. Uh, homeschool is not a bad thing. It's not a dirty word. Right. But it sounds like from the story that Shay, like, absolutely won't allow her kids to have any kind of say in what they're doing. Right. Right. I definitely, of course, as a homeschool parent, support homeschooling. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I also don't think it's for everyone. <laughs> but... Maybe not Jay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, maybe she's doing other people's children a favor in her own by not putting her kids in school if they're not vaccinated. This though. is very true. I mean, very true. The <laughs> the risk that children like hers could be putting other children at. I mean, you have Op's daughter who is clearly immunocompromised being around somebody who's not vaccinated could be very dangerous for her right potentially deadly yeah and so i mean while well, shay's reasonings for um homeschooling her children may not be very copacetic who knows uh it could honestly be the best thing about what she's doing true. True. <laughs> you have to wonder too if shay herself should be going around this child because it's likely she's not vaccinating herself. Yeah. yeah. And with like COVID and stuff, like you have to be getting those kind of vaccines to be around, you know, immunocompromised people. Right. Be like, hey, she survived cancer, but COVID killed her. Like that's 
shouldn't happen. Horrifying. Like, That's terrible. terrible. Right. And this Shay should just go away. <laughs> go away, Shay. Um, and this post was two years ago. So, I mean, this was in the, like, the height of the COVID pandemic. I mean, how scary for OP and her daughter at this time to be around somebody who's clearly anti-vax and, and careless with her choices right. <laughs> i mean I'll, I'll call it i'll call a spade a spade <laughs> um and it looks like the comments are agreeing with us um op's not the asshole no, here not at all no. um, <laughs> I, I i don't know they think she's being too nice right <laughs> right i mean yeah. yeah i do like this top comment though um so i'm gonna go ahead and read it real quick it says not the asshole I am a pediatric nurse who has worked with oncology patients for the better part of 15 years, and your friend is not being helpful at all. As you've probably been told by your child's medical team, treatment is going to be long. Shay is going to be exhausting to deal with, especially if she's advising you not to treat your child's cancer. Her advice was not only completely medically incorrect, but not even an option in most jurisdictions. ALL is very treatable, and the treatment is very standard. Refusing treatment would be grounds for the hospital to take a parent to court to compel treatment. Some cancers that have a very poor survival rate, refusing treatment at diagnosis is an option. Not so with ALL. And to be honest, you are probably not going to want her unvaccinated children around your immunocompromised child for the next two years, so it may be best to limit contact. Exactly what we said straight from the medical mm -hmm. professionals themselves you can't argue with that right well i think that we've probably said all that we need to say about this one yeah because i think <laughs> we're circling back but like yeah op is not the asshole here absolutely not all right on to the next so our next story is titled am i the asshole for making a parenting decision on my custody time i have a son 15 with my ex-wife I've been seeing a woman that also has kids. She lets her 14-year-old drink wine with supper when the adults do one glass. My son also wanted a glass of wine Saturday night, and I agreed since the 14-year-old was drinking it and because one glass of wine is very little alcohol. My ex is pissed that I let our son drink alcohol. I said that one glass is not a big deal and it is legal in our state to give wine to your kid in a private residence. She said she is against it and not to do it again. I said this is a choice that I can make on my parenting time. I didn't want my son to feel excluded and I think it is good for him to learn about other cultures and traditions. My ex said I'm a bastard. Even some of my friends say it is messed up not to give her a say. I don't tell her what to do on her parenting time. Why should I let her tell me what to do on mine? Ooh. Is okay. I have to ask, are there really states where it's legal to give your children wine? That's really a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily limit it to wine. It could be any alcoholic beverage in moderation. Um, because again, you're on private property and um, that the State or federal government has no say on what you do there to an extent. Really? That's mm -hmm. that's kind of fascinating to me because, like, we have, like, a drinking age of 21. Yeah. Well, that's so. to purchase alcohol. I mean, that, that's the technical law, just like the speed limit is a law to regulate speed, but doesn't necessarily mean people 
follow it. And there are penalties according, accordingly. But like in this situation, yes, you can, because again, it's, it's a cultural thing. You know, in most countries, alcohol is not as limited. Hence, in their countries, there's less, you know, alcoholics. There's less uh, incidents involving alcohol, like public intoxication, defacement of property, um, you know, accidents, car wrecks, things like that. Uh, because, again, it's not a taboo uh, thing to drink alcohol. They build their culture on being responsible when you drink alcohol. Know your limits. Know how it affects you. Um, you know, my mother was very much a proponent of that train of thought. I mean, she was British, so a little bit different. Um, you know, you, you, their drinking age there, it's pretty much if you can reach the counter, then you're old enough to drink. <laughs> um, which I, I don't agree with that, but you know what I mean? It's, it's just a cultural difference here in America. You know, we've got the prohibition. We've got a lot of our laws that are very much um, driven by religion, even though there should be a separation of church and state. And the issue is that, um, you know, drinking responsibly should be something that should be taught, not just complete, you know, don't drink alcohol because Kids are going to do what kids are going to do. And if they're not prepared to handle the consequences of those actions, like in this point, alcohol, um, that's where we get a lot of these deaths, overdoses, um, you know, situations that they shouldn't be in because they're not, they're, they're not prepared for it. And I'm not saying you should go out and take your kids to get drunk, but a glass of wine, in this case, I... It isn't consequential. I mean, I, I don't think she's being very reasonable in her line of thought. I, I mean, I understand where she's coming from, but at the same time, I don't think it is necessarily fair of her to get involved when it's not her time. So you're saying not the asshole? Correct. Yeah, he's not the asshole. Okay. So while I agree with like... Maybe it's okay in the home if the parents allow it. I, I do think that maybe they should have had a conversation about this at least. Like, yes, like it was your time in the house, whatever. And yes, it's a cultural thing. Like, that's fine. But like, I feel like the topic of like alcohol, that's like a like something like where you're raising your kids an ideal of like, hey, we're going to do this. We're not right. Mm hmm. And it's something that, like, you need to agree on, I think, or compromise on or something, I would, I would feel like. Do you feel that this decision that he made is a big decision regarding parenting? I mean, yeah, I, I, I do feel like, hey, they could have been like, hey, let's have a heads up and talk about this first. Like, yeah. we're potentially going to do this thing. It's a cultural thing. Here's why. And maybe mom doesn't even have to agree with it, but like, hey, at least the communication would be there, right? Right. Well, and I think based on just what the story says, I mean, because, you know, we're getting one side of it. I think right. I, I agree that this is something that they probably should have had a conversation about. However, it sounds like based on the way this story was presented that, you know, it just happened. And the father in like a moment of, panic he's like oh i don't want my kid to feel excluded like if i say no then he's gonna be like well why can 
so-and-so have a drink, but I can't. And there's that exclusion. And if anything, that could be potentially more damaging than just going with it and say, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then have a discussion about it rationally um, for future events, which based on what I'm seeing here, there's probably a reason she's an ex because she just will not budge whatsoever. And that, I, I think when it comes to parenting, compromise is definitely something that you're going to have to have in some situations and you kind of got to pick your battles. And I think this is one where she's just being a little unreasonable. I mean, I understand she, you know, we don't know her whole story, but at the same time, she can also, if she thinks about it logically, see the reasoning why he did what he did and why it's not harmful to the child. Right. I see what you're saying. I just feel like, I guess, like, while, while I agree that, like, I don't think it's, like, a huge deal, I guess. Like, for me personally, I can see why she would be upset. But, like, I also believe that, like, teaching, or, well, maybe not teaching, but, like, accepting that teenagers are going to go out and do something if they want to do it. It's going to happen. They'll find a way to do it. So you, you have to be realistic about those things. And so I very much am a believer of teaching, like, or having a safe place, teaching healthy limits, those kinds of things. But I just, I feel like he should have said something. I don't know. Well, he did say something after that. Because, I mean, again, that happened during dinner. It was a very split minutes decision. The, the difference is when he told her, she just lost it. And I think that was very irresponsible of her. For one, it wasn't during her time. And he's trying to be forthcoming. And then she just shuts it down immediately. And that, that that's the issue that I have where I think he's not the ass. So if anyone is, she is, is because, again, she's not willing to respect his ability to parent his child when she's not around, which is the whole purpose of co-parenting. You have to have a united front. And if she's not willing to even budge on this, like that, that is potentially harmful because that could be, you know, this is just one issue that we know of. Like if she's very adamant against this, I mean, who's to say that she's not the same thing about, you know, like abstinence or vaccinations or whatever the case may be kind of back to that previous story, you know, it's not a healthy train of thought to just say, no, you can't do this. And I understand you'd have to do that sometimes with children, but I, as a parent am very much trying to break that generational trauma that, you know, myself, my wife, many people our age have suffered through and trying to understand or teach my child that it's okay to do certain things. You just have to be understanding of the consequences and how that may affect you. And having a healthy conversation is extremely important because if you don't have that conversation, like you said, they're going to go out, they're going to do it anyway. If they're not prepared for it, well, that's why you have these tragedies that happen all the time. Um, you know, I can tell you a personal story from when I was a child growing up. You know, my mother, we all were getting drunk at my mom's house and there were some parents, understandably, who were upset. But at the same time, my mother, her whole reason for doing it was, hey, I knew they were going to do it. I'd rather do, them, do it at my house, have their keys so they can't leave. They realize, oh, man, if I would have gotten in a car, I probably would have killed somebody. They understand. And we didn't really drink much after that because, like, ah, I don't feel good afterwards. It didn't really taste that great. 
if anything, it was more of a deterrent. And one of the boys that didn't attend because the parent caught wind prior to, uh, I kid you not, three months later, uh, died in a drunk driving accident where he was the driver, got drunk and lost his life. And going to that funeral was tragic because that mother looked at mine and said, you know, this is all your fault. My mother, bless her heart, love her to pieces. She looked right at her without missing a beat and said, you're wrong. If he would have came, he would have understood and he would not have done this. It's your fault. Which Ooh. she was a thousand percent. Yikes. Right. I mean, my mom was not afraid to throw some shade back at somebody. Mama because, Patricia. Yeah. She, she knew what was going on. And she, she would lay down the law and say, hey, I may not be perfect, but my way works. You know what? I think you've changed my mind. I think that, you know, the split minute decision, he made it. They could have talked about it and had a healthy conversation. She could have been like. You know, maybe I don't agree with it, but it happened and we can do X, Y, Z for next time. I think you changed my mind. I think if, if you show the responsibility and you show, you know, things are okay in moderation or, you know, it's not something that you have to do. Like you don't have to give in to peer pressure. Um, I, I think that would have a very significant change in our society if we were less, I mean, not to get too down far far down the rabbit hole, but like you look at prohibition, that's the whole reason organized crime came to be so prevalent. You know, NASCAR wouldn't exist without the prohibition, which I would argue that, you know, nothing lost there, but that's my own uh, opinion. <laughs> but, you know, like the prohibition, like so many, you know, thousands and thousands and millions of dollars were just wasted on something that the government had no real responsibility to do. Like, do I believe in a drinking age? Yes, I understand the necessity for it, um, but does it need to be 21? I don't agree. Um, you can I think, go fight in a war at 18, but you exactly. can't drink a beer until you're right. 21. Right, and and you'll find that in most military installations, and you know, being former military myself, um, I can speak to the fact that at 18, I had no problem getting access to alcohol. It was never like, oh, like I couldn't go down to like, you know, Ameristop or, or Kroger and pick up a 12-pack, but... If I was on base, they'd be like, here you go. Have at it. Because, again. Because why not? You're an adult. You should be able to make adult decisions. Now, granted, uh, again, this goes back to the education piece. If you just say, no, 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 don't do this, don't do this. Kids are going to naturally rebel. It happens. I mean, from age one till death, you know, many, many, many years down the road. Like, they're going to make these decisions sometimes just out of spite. You know, I, I see it with my daughter all the time. Like sometimes she'll just either not do something or actually do something just for the sole purposes because I said, no, you shouldn't do this or yes, you should. <laughs> like it, it's, you got to understand that they're people too. They need to understand how to make proper critical thinking decisions. And if you don't teach that at a very young age, like in this situation, and it, it's added with the, the guilt or the, uh, the fact that he's not part of the group because he's being refused to have uh, the alcohol, uh, you know, there's a lot to unwrap there. Like the poor kid, you're going to traumatize a poor kid in one freaking dinner. Let him have a glass of wine. Like, Jesus, if anything, it's going to teach him like, hey, my dad trusts me. My dad, you know, is letting me be part of the group. That's pretty cool. I don't like wine. It tastes like crap, but hey, I at least got to try it. You know, because me personally, I don't like wine, but Again, I digress. 
Sorry, I kept rambling there for a minute. <laughs> it's okay. That's what we do here. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting because I'm hearing the points you guys are making and it makes a lot of sense to me. And I think we have a, the only word I can really use to describe it is we have a more liberal mindset around it. Like we have just this train of thought that in the long run makes more sense, but Reddit actually deemed this dad the asshole. And it's the first comment is right in line with what Jordan originally said. Um, You're the asshole. Alcohol with minors is something that should be two yes, one no. What? I think what they're trying to say is that either you both say yes, or if one of you says no, then that's the answer. Oh, okay. They, right <laughs> a little you gotta decipher a little there um and a discussion before it happens is necessary the same with pot piercings dating etc there are just certain parenting decisions that need to be made together and i can understand what they're saying they're like you should be able to make those parenting decisions together um, but again i think they're missing the point like the way i took it away again was that it was kind of a split decision um, and then she was completely off the rails after that. And I understand that maybe that was exacerbated by the fact that he's like, Hey, this is what happened. And then she was like, wait, you didn't ask me for permission, which, you know, couldn't be feasible at the time. I'm sure. But I also understand the flip side. Like, again, it's, it's parenting decisions of something like, I think things like, you know, college or, uh, you know, driving things like that, things that are going to affect this kid for the rest of their lives. Like, Alcohol, I don't really see that as a big bugaboo subject where it really requires a lot of discussion. But again, maybe I'm just odd. I think also it might be different because we are very much in agreement on the subject about how we intend to raise our child. Like nobody's going to go out and be like, oh, yeah, here is my 14 year old child. I'm just going to offer them all this alcohol. It's not like that. When I was growing up, if I wanted to try something, like my mom would let me try it. Yeah, you my know? mom did that with me a couple of times too. And almost every time, I hated it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but like, again, I wasn't out there drinking and driving then. And I no. wasn't out there making decisions. I wasn't out in a field every weekend getting drunk <laughs> in the countryside in Ohio. How <laughs> <laughs> far uh, high mean, school. To be fair, though, if you're living out in the middle of nowhere in the farm, you mean What drink, else do you have to drink, do? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're going to drink, you're going to fornicate. Just, <laughs> it's going to happen. I said that the other day. I was in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, for a work event. And it was a dry county. And I'm looking around going, but what the hell else do these people have to do? I know what they do. (laughs) You know what they do? Because where I went to college was a, uh, it was a moist county. Oh, that's gross. I know. It's disgusting. (laughs) But basically you can buy alcohol at like the restaurants and get a drink essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, weirdly enough, there was a winery. So I don't know how you have a winery in a dry county. In a county. dry county. That's right. I, it, it makes no well, sense to you me. Know, a, a white wine is typically a dry wine. So you, you serve it with like white meats and things like that because it's a dry taste. I think red, it's like red. red. Yeah, or, that's red. Either way, damn. I See, think white I is sweeter. I'm, I don't yeah. drink wine though. Okay, well, I'm not a wine <laughs> aficionado, but I was trying to make a punny joke and fail. <laughs> you but tried. Anyways, <laughs> as I was saying. <laughs> No, okay, but where I went to college at was a 
Moist County. What we would do is we would drive over to the county line on the other side, and they had a liquor store right, right on the, the county line because people, went, everyone went there, and they would get their alcohol and bring it back to their house that way. Yeah, yeah, and that's. I mean, I know that you can drive to liquor stores, but like when we went to find a liquor store, because well, what are we gonna do while we're there? We're gonna drink. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have to drive probably a good 20, 30 minutes to get to the closest liquor store. So. Yeah. Well, when I went to college uh, at a college further south from here uh, in Kentucky, we were the last wet county before you got south. And when I first went there, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm from such such. It's a dry county. I thought, oh, you don't get a lot of rain. (laughs) They're like, no, you can't buy alcohol. I'm like, what? Not even on a Sunday or or like afternoon or something? No, you couldn't like at all. And, and I remember one of my jobs, one of my first jobs in college was working at a liquor store where I would have to get there at five o'clock in the morning. And the reason I had to get there at five o'clock in the morning is that when the bootleggers came in and I kid you huh. not, on average, each truck would have like chicken coops where they would hide it. So the cops wouldn't see it. Uh, we're talking like 300 cases of beer and they would sell them, which at the time, well, it's a little different now, but back then, I think you'd get a 12-pack for like 15 to 16 20 bucks tops. They would sell it for $50 a case. That's nuts. And people, they would sell out in the first day and come back the I'm following sure. day to get more. Like, And that is some of those back-breaking work. Back then, uh, minimum wage was six seventy-five an hour, which... It's not much better that. now. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But that kind of tells you what time this took place. And yeah, it was awful. I don't know because we're living in 2023 and it still feels like we're 1923 sometimes and that right there just kind of lends to that fact so Mm -hmm. um well it's interesting though because I'm seeing some comments too that kind of negate the top comment and go along with what you guys were saying because here's one that says not the asshole OP son was under adult supervision with a small amount of alcohol parents are responsible for their kid but if they smother them, then the child will rebel. OP's ex is making a very big deal over a very minor issue, probably motivated by fear of being portrayed as the uncool parent. I have to wonder, like, the thing that always gets me on these stories is that, like, we only get a small snippet of their life, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, does the, I guess the dad who's telling the story, right? Um like is it like does he commonly like break the the parenting things that they have in place yeah overstep or oh not i don't know you know what i mean does he often make decisions without the mom right yeah that would make him an asshole for sure oh absolutely like it's just one more thing to her that he's just not which could be it very well could be we just don't know all we have is this situation that is typed out and i'd say that he's not an asshole just based on the information that we have and what we've talked about yeah this person makes an interesting point it says you're the asshole but not because you let him drink you can make a parenting decision for your son that is your right where you are the bad guy here is making a choice that i am pretty sure you knew would be controversial with your ex and telling her afterward co-parenting isn't easy and you know this was a bad choice which is kind of something that I had originally brought up too. It's just like, yeah. Maybe he should have like sent a text or something. Right. <laughs> like, maybe he knew she wouldn't approve, so he did it 
you know, ask forgiveness, not permission kind of right. thing. I don't think we have enough information to know that for sure, but it is a good point. Sometimes I think that we're like too open-minded to respond to these. Yeah. Like we're like, oh, but we don't know the whole story. <laughs> You're supposed right. to judge based on the information you have, but like it's hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think we can go ahead and move on to the next story. So this next story is a little bit chaotic. I was really struggling with reading it. I don't know if I just forgot how to read or what happened there, but you're going to hear Derek take over. Um, And we didn't want to take it out because the content is really good and the story itself led to some great conversations, but it is a bit chaotic. Um, It was very hard to read the story because of the way it was written And so if you have trouble following along with us, you can find the link to this story in the show notes to follow along. And we hope you enjoy the raw, uncut chaos that is the behind the scenes of this podcast. So our next story is titled, Am I the Asshole for Shutting Down One of My Partner's Important Parenting Choices? So me, 25 female, and my fiance, 27 male, have a five-month-old child. We talk extensively about all topics of parenting, and although this has come up in light passing before, I was not aware it would actually... (laughs) (laughs) I was not aware that it would... (laughs) Was actually... Yeah, yep, that's the word. I was not aware that it was actually such a big deal to him And although I tried to do it as respectfully as I possibly could, I did completely shut it down. A small piece of possibility. (laughs) A small piece. I quit. I'm done. (laughs) I quit. (laughs) Let's bring in the the pinch hitter here. All right. Do you want to start over? uh, Sure. Am I the AITA? No. Am I the asshole uh, for shutting down one of my partner's important parenting choices? So, me, 25 female, and my fiance, 25 male, have nope. a five month. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Sorry, I, got, I, I went ahead of myself. So, my fiance, 27 male, have a five month old child. We talk extensively about all topics of parenting. And although this has come up in light passing before, I was not aware it was actually such a big deal to him. And although I tried to do it as respectfully as I possibly could, I did completely shut it down. Wow. So this should be a different, uh, am I the asshole? It's run on sentences. Um, but <laughs> I know we might need to pick a different <laughs> right. story. This one's a right. bit much, uh, a small, whoa, you went too far. <laughs> uh, all right. A small piece of possibly important information first. We are in the U.S. and I was born and raised almost entirely in Connecticut. Boo. Strike one. He was raised <laughs> between Georgia and Florida. Well, strike two and three. Uh, I moved Even to Georgia. Worse. Right. <laughs> I moved to Georgia to finish out high school and all of my adult years. And we met when I was 20 and he was 22. Oof. We are still currently in a southern state. Oh, so God. the issue... He is very adamant that this child we have and any future children will be required to refer to him, me, grandparents, any adult they come into contact with as sir or ma'am. I am very adamant I will never under any circumstances allow such a thing to be forced 
Now, I do understand that this is just a thing that gets done in the South, but to me, and being raised in an environment where it is unheard of, and quite honestly, a borderline insult to the very, very few times I did hear it, I cannot understand the, the appeal. To me, and how I've always seen it used moving since moving South, has been a power play or some show of, I know better than you because I'm older and I want you to acknowledge it and nothing more. My fiance insists it is the opposite in its manners and basic human-to-human respect being taught to children as early as possible. I try to compromise as much as I am willing by offering that sir or ma'am can be part of regular conversation, but if our child or children do not use it, we will not correct them and make them use it. That a simple yes please or no thank you instead of a yes sir or no ma'am sounds significantly more respectful to me anyways and can be used absolutely everywhere without having to adjust as an adult if they decide to move somewhere these terms are not accepted kindly. We end up agreeing to disagree for the night because it was just very late and we realized the conversation needed to not be happening at 11 p.m. It wasn't a fight or even really a heated discussion whatsoever, but I've been thinking about it a lot, and I don't know if this is something reasonable he's asking for, and I'm the asshole missing a major point here, or if I'm in the right for pushing so hard against it. Thanks in advance. Thanks in advance, yeah. (laughs) Edit to add some clarity to a couple things because some of my wording was poorly chosen. This was not a fight between my partner and I. This was not even a heated disagreement, even though she... Okay, yes, she did actually say that. Uh, this was one of the probably 100-plus conversations we had before ever trying for a child. The year we struggled to create this child, the nine months growing this child, and the five months this child has been here. This is not the first time this topic has come up, but it was the first time it came up with both of us, both of us being 100% serious about where we stand and where we And we were both shocked to see how strongly the other landed. And in hindsight, I was feeling like I might have handled it poorly, possibly from being uneducated, my own distasteful experiences on the topic. (laughs) I am also extremely new to actually reading threads, communities, everything on Reddit, and thought it would be a good place to reach out and get a lot of viewpoints from a lot of different places, not just one or two biased viewpoints. Couples pick lots of really weird things to die on the hill of. For some, it's keeping gas in the car. For others, it's who feeds the cat or who sleeps more. For us, I guess this is one of this is one of our really weird big things. And I'm not angry about it. Neither is he. Just trying to find a middle ground and a general consensus on who is being a little bit a little more unreasonable and better compromise ideas. I appreciate all the input of everyone who has slash will comment. Wow. That was a lot. Yeah. (laughs) A a lot of lack of punctuation. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So what's the actual question being asked here? Did we determine, am I the asshole for shutting down one of my partner's important parenting decisions? Right. Choices, whatever that word is. His thought is kids to say sir or ma'am when they speak to adults. Hers is know that some people find it offensive and they should not be required that a simple please or thank you or no thanks or you're welcome whatever so that's what she's trying to figure out if she's the asshole for wanting to stick to her guns or is she the asshole for not agreeing with her husband or fiance 
So personally, for me, I I don't know if asshole is the right word because I don't necessarily, I mean, to each their own with their parenting style, I guess. But like, I don't think a child should have to call an adult sir or ma'am because they're an adult. And there's a lot that goes into that. One being that you, like, yes, you should respect people, Mm -hmm. I think. But I think manners, like please and thank you and those kinds of things are far more important than making sure you use the right title with somebody. And with that, not everybody's going to have, you know, just male or female pronouns and appreciate mm-hmm. being called sir or ma'am. Yeah, it's it's one of those very gendered things in a society where we are trying to stop gendering everything as much mm-hmm. and make it a little bit more neutral. I think yes, please, no, thank you are perfectly acceptable gender neutral universal terms that are still very polite. Mm-hmm. and are not going to leave anybody feeling like you're disrespecting them. Because while you think, yes, ma'am, no, sir, are respectful, if you say it to the wrong person, they're going to feel disrespected, and it goes directly against what you're trying to achieve. Right. And I think she brings up an interesting point here. Um, during her run-on uh sentences that she had here and it's the fact that uh yes it is very uh culturally acceptable and kind of lack of better word forced as a child when you're in the south more so but you also have to remember where this whole process started and and why it's still prevalent today it is rooted in the classism and um, you know, I know this is a big bugaboo topic, but it, it's it's rooted in racism. You mm-hmm. know, you, you did the sir and the madam of the house, and it was usually uh, used as a term of they are your elders. You respect them no matter what. Uh, and it was also used for, hey, they are the master of the house. You say, sir, ma'am. And it was mostly for like the people that worked on their plantations. And we'll just call it what it was. They were slaves. And it also became a very prevalent thing in the South because, again, it was that expectation that, oh, I'm a big person. I own all this land and I've got all these things. So you should show me respect by calling me sir. Um, I could tell you from my experiences, you know, I grew up uh, in Cincinnati, uh, northern Kentucky as well. But uh, this kind of bleeds into being a military kid. Um, You know, sir, um, not so much ma'am because my mom, uh, being British, she was like, don't call me that, you know. <laughs> I don't like feel, people right. calling me it ma'am. Makes me it makes me feel old. Right. It makes, makes her feel old. So, like, for her, it was call her mom. You know, it was not a big deal. Uh, and we didn't have, like, some people may cringe at this. But as a child, you know, I referred to my friend's parents by their first names. And they were totally cool with that because, again, you couldn't, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, took a lot longer to say, you know, hey, Ellen or Gary or whatever the case may be. It was a lot faster. And they they didn't see it as a term of disrespect. It was more that you felt comfortable enough to address them by their names. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't meant you weren't being disrespectful. Um, But again, going back to the whole military thing, you know, sir and ma'am were mostly reserved for like officers and things like that. So having that drilled in my head uh, was a very difficult habit to break because again, 
Um, you know, like if you were to go up to an enlisted person and call them, sir, or ma'am, <laughs> one of the first things out of their mouth would be like, don't call me that. I work for a living because, you know, there's that preconception that uh, officers don't do squat and accurate <laughs> to a very large degree. But again, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but to kind of go back on her side, I don't think she's the asshole um, because, again, it's a very antiquated and very harmful habit to have. I don't think it's necessary to uh, show as a term or, or a way of respect by calling them sir or ma'am. Um, that is mostly, I think, would be reserved, uh, not even really in the workplace anymore. Like th those kind of barriers are breaking down to where, you know, it's like, hey, boss or chief or whatever the case may be. You know, you don't have to say sir or ma'am. Because again, now that we're in a society where, you know, general norms are not just male, female, or, or very, you know, just binary. Binary. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Uh, they're not binary anymore. It's very fluid. And you have to be cognizant of that fact because, again, that is how people wish to be addressed. Now, if there is someone who wants to be addressed, sir or ma'am, well, you might want to consider why. You know, why do they think it's so important? And for her, hu or sorry, future husband, fiance in this case, um, him being adamant that you have to refer to him as sir or ma'am, again, that builds up the impression that these people should never be questioned should never be what's the word i'm looking for basically you should just follow them blindly and and i think that's part of the reason why i i think that there's this culture in the south where it's so hard to break those habits because again they're they're indoctrinated from birth that hey these are people you should respect when let's be honest most of these people are not worthy of that respect and and if you want to take all of that out the window and throw it away just say it's okay to be polite, but using sir or ma'am is not necessarily going to always be interpreted as polite. So why mess with it and just use basic manners? Like, yeah, yeah, right. Right. And that's, that's, that's how I see it. I mean, I think it's just as much, if not more so polite to use yes, please. No, thank you. than it is to yes, ma'am. No, sir. And, I've heard those terms also used in like sarcastic tones. So they don't always come with the respect right. that people think that they're supposed to right. command. And so I know I have a terrible habit, you know, in the workplace of using them almost jokingly to me, it's almost not a respect thing. It's just like, you know, if I'm talking to my coworker, I'll be like, yes, ma'am. You know, and yeah, like passing jokingly, right? Like, but not seriously, it's one of those things that, as we are now more aware of the fluidity of gender, that I've had to try to to untrain myself to do because it happens unconsciously, and I don't want to say it to somebody and offend them. So it's one of those things that um, I know that these are old traditions that people are used to doing in the south because to them it's exactly what derek was saying like these signs of respect or the sign of um higher class but it's one of those things that we all should be actively working on respecting people because at the end of the day whether you consider yourself you know an ally of the lgbtqia plus community or you are well versed in trans topics it's not up to you to tell people what they should and should not be called. They get to tell you that. And so if you refer to a trans man as ma'am and they correct you and say, I'm sorry, that's 
you know, I, I don't want you to call me that. You don't get to argue with them about that. And, um, like that makes you the asshole. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. Every time. That's like, (laughs) I love to use this example because it's the simplest way I know how to put it. When somebody introduces themselves to you and says, my name is Katie, you don't get to say, no, I don't like that name. I'm going to call you Jerry instead. Or even like for you, like, damn it, Larry. But like, you know, your name, your name's Catherine. Right. And you don't prefer to be called that. Like if I, if you were like, I prefer to be Katie. And I was like, mm, no, I'm gonna call you Catherine. Nope. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I had teachers. I, I'm gonna call you Kate. I'm gonna call you, you know, I'm gonna, or, oh. or, or <laughs> my little brother calls me Billy. Um, <laughs> I hate it. I tell him not to do it, but somebody else used to do that. I, and my brother can get away with it, but this other person could not. And I, I don't even, I'm, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know who it is. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to self-destruct here, but, um, sorry. I called him Billy once. My bad. Shut up. <laughs> Derek, <laughs> I will fight you. Right. No. Hey, I, <laughs> I know karate. <laughs> is that because your child told you you had to? <laughs> well, no, but I actually do know Shaolin Kempo, which is karate, kung fu, and, uh, Shaolin. Well, yeah, in the wise nice. words of, yeah. um, Chris Tucker, I know whoop your ass. <laughs> well, uh, go, go get a step ladder and you might be able to. Oh, <gasps> sir! <laughs> you brought my height into this. That's I'm whoa. Dr. Jones, you call him Dr. Jones' doll. <laughs> yeah, that, that, oh, that's God. a joke about height because his name is short round. So. I don't even know what you're quoting. I don't either, but <laughs> I'm feeling I'm very offended right now. Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. I might, oh. Listen, I might be short, but I'm a fire sign, and I embrace that fully. Well, yeah, I'm a hair sign, so I just make your fire bigger. So then why are you starting stuff? Yeah, why are you fanning the flames? That's what I do. I very, that's so Gemini of you. <laughs> hey, we, we crave chaos. We chose life. <laughs> Derek woke up and chose violence really for everything did. today. Like... I'm feeling feisty. I'm on a podcast. Look at me. I'm all hip. Woo! <laughs> Don't get too big of a head over here, sir. Yeah, it's already big enough. See, I just did it twice. I just used the term sir twice. It's oh, so unconscious. Oh my god. Again, because it wasn't meant as a, like a, a pejorative or, or something to show me respect. It was more like you're being sarcastic, like, sir. Exactly. Like, exactly. But, like, but I don't even realize I'm doing it. And then afterward, I'm like, yep, there it is. I don't so. think it's like, sir, you're sir. No. no. Yeah. Good like, luck sir. ever getting that out of me. Right. right. <laughs> no, right. But that just goes to show it's not always a sign of respect. So why are you willing to die on that hill? Right. right. Agreed. It's a Southern thing and it's antiquated needs to be yeah. put to rest. Yep. Sounds yeah. like the South. We are all in a <laughs> Sorry to here. any of our Southern <laughs> listeners, but I think those of you who um, who, listen who are probably. listening probably understand where we're coming from. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love the South. It's a nice place to visit. I don't want to live there again. No. All right. And with that, I've got one more story for us uh, that I'm really looking forward to you guys oh, hearing. Boy. <laughs> so let's move on to the next. So the last story... I actually pulled from another podcast that I am a big fan of. It is called Two Hot Takes. Um, So if you've never heard it, I highly recommend checking them out. They're really fun to listen to. 
Um, they do have their own subreddit. It's the r slash two hot takes subreddit. Um, and this is something that one of their listeners posted. Um, it's been cross posted from other areas of Reddit. All I have are screenshots that were posted, but are you ready? Oh, I can't wait. Are you ready for this chaos? Okay. The title of this story is, am I the asshole for telling my roommate that her pregnancy is not my problem? The girl that I live with, Kay, is pregnant and is due early next year. Of course, she seems excited to have a baby, but at the same time, she has been making her pregnancy my problem. I get that the pregnancy is going to affect her physically in many ways, but Kay has been a pain in the ass to deal with. I had to throw out all of the bananas because she was complaining about how strong the smell was. She isn't helping with the cooking slash cleaning as much as she used to. Kay cries about almost everything, and it's annoying as hell. Her pregnancy is making her vomit, which I expected, but sometimes the vomiting is so intense, and once, she pretty much projectile vomited on the floor because she couldn't make it to the bathroom, for which I had to clean her vomit up. Over the past few months, she has been asking me to get things for her from the store, even on good days when she isn't feeling sick. When I asked her why she couldn't get up and go to the store herself, she said that I'm not the pregnant one. So this is where I may be the asshole. Kay has been asking me to drive her to her appointments, which I did once, but then it became a constant thing of her asking me, and I kept refusing. This is what happened the other day. She asked me to take her to the clinic. I said no. I was busy that day. She kept pleading with me, and finally I had had enough and kind of snapped. I told her that she is the only one responsible for her pregnancy and to not make it my problem so that she needs to stop making it by asking me to constantly do her favors. She started crying, and I left because I couldn't take it anymore. I know I may have been harsh to a pregnant lady, but I don't feel like I need to be her personal servant. Am I the asshole? Oof. All right, here, here's my first takeaway. Where the fuck is the dude that got her pregnant? This is a true statement. That That's the first thing that came out to me. Yeah? Like, where's he at? Why is the roommate getting all this burden? Yeah, I mean, that's a valid point. No, it really is. I mean, when I was pregnant, I mean, this man, he was there. He did it all for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand, like, where the pregnant roommate is, like, they can't help being sick. And, like, what the roommate might not know, because I'm guessing they've never been pregnant from what we've heard. Um like your first trimester, you are absolutely exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like you're so tired. It is a tired, like, I, I'm not trying to downplay anybody who's like never been pregnant or anything, but it's just something you cannot help how tired you are. I used to, um, you know, get up, go to work, come home and sleep yeah. for, for weeks. That's what I did. It, like there was no going to the store. There was no doing things it was sleeping because that's you had no energy yeah because you're using it all to grow another freaking human yeah and while i don't think it is 
the roommate's responsibility to take care of that pregnant person at all. Like, I, I totally don't think it's that person's responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice for her to help, but at the same time, I understand the frustration of it when it's not something that you signed up for. Yeah, and I, I think I'm, I'm a little conflicted. I'm a little conflicted with this whole this whole subreddit because I don't really think she's an asshole because again, like you had said, uh, Jordan, that, uh, you know, it's not something that she signed up for. It's not her kid. Um, I, I'm still stuck on the, where the hell's the dude that knocked her up. Cause you know, I, I will argue that she is an asshole for saying that, you know, I'm not the one responsible for the pregnancy. You're the only one responsible for that. No, she's not. There's, there's a dude involved too. So like, that's the question I'd be posing. Um, so in that part, I think she's definitely an asshole in that. But again, you know, tensions get high. You get frustrated. You say things that you normally wouldn't that don't reflect your character properly. Uh, so I, I will, I'm willing to give her a pass on that. But uh, I would say she's not the asshole because, uh, again, you're roommates. You're not partners. You're not involved. Right. Like, it, she shouldn't expect you to basically be her crush because there are some times where maybe, you know, she is asking a little too much, but like my wife had said, that, that first trimester is just rough. So what if I told you, let me, let me just, let me just move on to the comments here. I feel like there's some twists that you're holding back. And I'm about to rock your world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have a look in your, in your eyes. First comment. Is it your child? OP. <gasps> yes. Bro. No. You're an asshole. <laughs> like, end of story. The end. Fuck you. <laughs> you don't deserve. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. When I tell you my jaw hit the floor. I am so shook right now. Are you kidding me? This, this man has all the audacity every amount of it in the entire universe see i oh i was under the the way i took it was like they were like roommates in college and it was a girl i did too like, no. but because that's how he wrote it so right. people would interpret it that way yeah like that is so ugh. like i, I want to find this person and just i, I want to punch him in the nuts because <laughs> one he shouldn't procreate and two, he deserves that pain because, like, my first thing was, you know, where's the dude? Where's the dude? Well, guess mm -hmm. what? It was the dude. I, I, I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> and the comments continue. Then you're the asshole. She's doing all the hard work making your child. The least you could do is be there for her. She seems like she's having an awful time. Are you going to be like this when the baby comes? Also, why didn't you say she was your wife? Wife. Wife. At the wife. beginning. Wife. It's his Not his wife. roommate, his wife. Wife. He said roommate. He said roommate. Dude, you suck so hard. Like, oh. Again, her pregnancy. 100% the asshole. Yeah. Absolutely. That's totally an asshole. And he just keeps digging deeper he says again her pregnancy is her responsibility no i'm waiting for the baby to come so that we could be done with this she is my roommate 
I mean, that's what she's acting like instead of a wife. Oh, oh. honey, honey. We need to find this lady and, and get her out of it because she's in the toxic relationship. Throw like, the whole like, man away. The whole man. I, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I ate firehouse subs four days in a <laughs> row. Why are you complaining about that? Well, no. <laughs> True, but still, like, I went through all the things. You know, we, we literally were going out to shop for baby stuff. And we're like, oh, you know what? I don't usually get mornings off, so let's go to Chick-fil-A for breakfast. And we're like, yay. So we, we, we actually ate in because, you know, we wanted to take our time. And it was amazing. We, she had chicken minis. I had my chicken biscuit. It was Ooh, delicious. So good. And um, we we pull out on, uh, you know, going towards, because our favorite place is Target. And it's literally right down the street. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to go to Target, get some fun stuff for, for our little fox. And... Um, at the time, she had a very prevalent cough where she would cough so hard I thought she was going to throw up. Well, mm-hmm. guess what, folks? <laughs> she did. <laughs> and it was not just like, eh. no. It was full projectile, like chunks. I was like, you didn't even eat that many chicken minis. How the hell are you populating more? It's like the biscuits <laughs> multiplied in her stomach and came out. And she's sitting there with her hands up by her mouth and it's slowly dripping all over. Oh, and I'm just like, gross. what the hell? So I rolled down the window because I'm very much a sympathy pupil, which actually, shockingly enough, her pregnancy cured me of that. More on that Thank later, Thank God I guess, for that, but, I guess. Right? <laughs> so I immediately, instead of going straight to go to Target, I immediately turned right to go back to the house. Get her inside. She gets in the bathtub, and she's just holding this vomit everywhere. My entire car is covered. I spend the next hour and a half scooping <laughs> chicken biscuits and chunks of chicken and cheese and biscuits and whatever the hell else that was. It was just a yeah. That trigger warning well, to anybody uh, who's squeamish. I should have said that. I was very. I was trying not to be too graphic. But but my point is, like, you you have to do these things because you're not growing a child in your stomach. Like, at the very least, you should be, like, rubbing her feet, giving her oil massages, like, taking care. Because it, it's been proven. You take care of the mother while she's pregnant, she's going to have a, an excellent child when she's born. Or they are born. Sorry, I shouldn't assume. Um, when they are born, they're going to be amazing because you took care of the mother while she was pregnant. And that probably yeah. goes to say, though, that like if you're a supportive partner, you're going to be a mm-hmm. more supportive, better parent. Right. Yeah. Which will right. reflect in your child, I exactly. would say. Right. Because if you can't even simply take over more of the cooking and cleaning duties and clean up a little bit of vomit from your partner, what are you going to do when, <laughs> <laughs> right? What are you going to do when your child throws up or you got to change a diaper or like, are you going to, and this guy absolutely is going to make his partner do it all. Oh, you you yeah. know that well, he's yeah. not going to he, take on like the responsibilities. Who, who literally would wait till yep. the wife got home and the kid would sit in a poopy diaper. Till We're the no That's longer so friends with unhealthy. this person, but yeah. yes, this person would wait for their wife to get home from work or wherever this person's wife was. Sometimes hours. Yeah, and leave their child in a full, completely used diaper. That's neglect. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they didn't want to change it. And I, like we didn't have any real experiences with like blots and stuff. Like said, maybe one that was just like like maybe once or twice. But yeah. really, we were pretty lucky. But a lot of it again boils down to the fact that you know men 
Like the bar is literally subterranean. Like uh, <laughs> the bar is in hell, and we are climbing under it. I love that. I've said that so many times since Celeste said it. Right. Like, and and like it gives me kind of a complex because like I don't think I do a lot, but comparatively, I might as well be like a demigod compared to some of these because like I have brought you dinner. I have cleaned the house. I have spent time with my daughter. Dun, dun, dun. I, I have done so all of the things I expect you to do with zero praise. And right. unfortunately, right. that's what society has created is oh, yeah. just like these standards that are, as you said, subterranean for yeah. men. Yeah. Like, literally, I, I remember it got to a point to where, so when Little Fox was a baby, I could not be left alone at Target. <laughs> can you, any you, of us <laughs> well for, for completely different but reasons like when we would go like truly people would fawn over him just interacting oh. with his child yeah because all i would be doing it would be like tickling her or playing peekaboo or something simple because you know she's in the cart so there's not a lot you can do but like women would go completely gaga ape shit they'd be like you're such a good dad i'm like i'm I'm just a dad. If if anything, I'm just holding the purse while my wife shops because she doesn't get out often. Like, oh my God, what? My husband would never. I'm like, well, you probably have a shitty husband. Sorry. Right. Like, maybe (laughs) you should hold your husband to higher standards. Right. Like, a bare necessity. This goes back to something that is probably a hot take thing that, you know, we say personally, but like, we, we like to say that like marriage isn't hard. You're just married to the wrong person. Yeah. yeah. Absolute facts. Yeah. Marriage was very hard for me and we know why. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) and that's, we ain't got time to undig that one. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately that gets unpacked a little bit more with each episode, but we're going to try to to reel that in. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is, is that when you're with the right person, love doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and it shouldn't. I mean, you. It's a reward, right? Like you, you feel that you have someone. You know, your partner is going to be your confidant, your 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 person. Like I can't tell you how much I've grown in in the past ten years that we've been together that I've never experienced anywhere else. And I know we all have our insecurities, and it's been brought up from time to time. You know, we it, we, we 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 fight. We literally had a fight before we came over <laughs> to do this podcast. But we were able to talk it out and figure it out and, you know, move on. Like, right. and that, that's the thing. Like, you got to, if, if you're fighting all the time or you're not able to compromise or, or at least talk about it intelligently, you might not be with the right person. Right. Because, you know, it's human to disagree. You're mm-hmm. not going to always agree with somebody. And you're not even always going to fight fairly or well. No. I mean, we try to, but... Again, we're human. Yeah. But I think the important part of that is that you can talk about it and that you do talk about it and you actively work to be better. Right. And that takes effort from both sides, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you're in an unequal partnership, like, you know, this poor, poor person's wife. And I I can relate in this matter when you're in an unequal partnership, it's just, 
it's exhausting and it is more work than it should be and more work than it's worth. Yeah, and I think part of the issue here is like he's probably one of those, uh, and and Katie, you you might be able to shed some light on this, but like when you're in those kind of relationships where it's unequal, it's because they're attempting to control and isolate and manipulate you. And, and, And that that's a hard thing to break because you get set in this mindset, you know, unknowingly and, and it takes a lot to get out of. So I'm really proud of you, Katie, for, for finally getting out of that. Uh, But like this woman, this poor, poor woman, she can't even see what a toxic man, like who referred to their pregnant wife as a roommate. Oh, it's because that's how she acts. Well, I wouldn't live with a roommate that acted like that. But again, there's extenuating circumstances. You're definitely an asshole because she's carrying your freaking child, dude. I'm sorry you can't play Xbox all the time, but you know when the baby's around, hey, they probably like to just get curled up. And I got to play plenty of uh, you know Xbox when Little Fox is born. You know, so just this this guy's just an asshole. Yeah, he's definitely just the biggest asshole we might have ever had on here. To be honest, like I yeah, I don't I don't know how it gets any worse than this. I mean, I. <laughs> Oddly enough, I've been referred to as a roommate by a partner. Mm. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I can really relate to this poor person's this wife in so many ways. Baby, so <sighs> I just God. wasn't pregnant. So, thank you God. know. Yeah, small, small this this right. all carries over into them not being an equal partner right now. They're not going to be an equal parent either. No. no. Well, and I wouldn't even say give them the term partner because they're. This isn't a partner. There's not a partner. You're basically your servant. But yeah, I wouldn't even say that you could call this person a partner because he does not view her as a partner. I mean, just the very title, roommate. That that's you don't say that about your partner, especially since he's carrying your damn child. Like, bro, nice try. You suck. Right. A ro- End story. <laughs> a roommate is somebody that you could very easily be detached from. Mm-hmm. I mean. Or replaced. Yeah. You've both had roommates before. I've had roommates before that, you know, I have zero contact with my former roommates. Mm-hmm. And they're insignificant. Your partner is not insignificant. Exactly. And wording it like that, it, it completely changes how you how you see the story. Absolutely. Yeah. Because your mind changed the minute that you had that information. Yeah. yeah. Well, because we were under the impression again that it was like she was living with a friend or something. Yeah, like that. right. Yeah, and as soon as you said yes, it's my baby, I was like, oh, get the out. Like, <laughs> my jaw was on the floor. Yeah, like done. You, yes, you're the asshole. End of yes. story. Right. That's the it. the audacity just it didn't even creep in. It just swooped right in and, and like, t- took the whole story. I, I'd like to know what his parents are like. Like really, that's, I'm kind of curious because if that's entitled, kind of, right. it's probably a similar dynamic where you know he grew up with a, a, and I'm only making assumptions here. It could be completely wrong, but grew up with a father who saw his wife as his property. Property. Mm-hmm. You have to almost assume from this story that this man is a narcissist a <laughs> million percent <laughs> because like he's totally warped this whole story to fit this narrative that he's made up in his mind yes. so that you'll agree with him so he can be like see look all these people on the internet agree with me yes. you need to do something you need to start doing more step up you're being lazy you the know manipulation he's gonna mm. the manipulation and isolation 
and yeah. isolation and who knows better than <laughs> i hope that his wife leaves him if she yeah. deserves better well i mean she could do it better on her own yeah Honestly. she's better off as a single parent than she is with yeah, this guy for sure and i think Absolutely. they mentioned that on two hot takes as well i think they had the same opinion of like she'd be better off just raising her baby by herself surely though because well, she's gonna have to anyway like right I, honestly yeah at least then she gets to make all of the decisions with nobody else you know exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. maybe this is the same guy about the sir and man type thing <laughs> it could be earlier. i mean because uh, yeah he's still the asshole <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah this story just when i heard it i i know i sent it to you and celeste and i'm glad i'm glad that you didn't listen because i was yeah. really um excited to share this with you because celeste had the same reaction this must Be have been a morning story where it was it was before <laughs> you guys i was walking sage um first thing in the morning for our, her morning walk and you were still asleep and <laughs> celeste and i were talking back and forth and i know sometimes you don't go catch up on those relate or those conversations because it's, it's fine. a lot <laughs> <laughs> we, we talk a lot before jordan wakes up <laughs> so um but yeah her be some gabby bitches we are we are I but i love it. them i love them i love how close she and i have become because of you my little leo besties I and like <laughs> we just have like this little pod of uh, the pod pod <laughs> we're gonna bring her on here actually very soon she's coming on this month right hopefully oh i think when we do D, &D. Yep. yeah yep nice so D, &D rules <laughs> i still gotta build my character <laughs> i'm such a slacker but my life has been chaos we can do it we'll get it done we got time yeah well that's all the stories i have for you guys today um good finish like ooh, strong. Yeah. finishing strong like, yeah still flabbergasted i, I am too like genuinely that was the plot twist i was not expecting nope. like, i love it oof, yeah, I but love it, it was a complete like instant instant switch yeah instant like <laughs> no hesitation i was like asshole yeah i just loved watching both of your mouths just gape open like are you kidding me yeah. I, i'm so glad that we kept the camera on us too for the <laughs> I, it's gonna make a great her, tiktok i'm looking at her screen and she's scrolling down i'm like no <laughs> i know i was trying to angle it so you couldn't uh, see i was, I was like, like no <laughs> oh god this dude I, we, we must find him and beat him senselessly uh, i mean we can't but we don't oh, condone yeah, we don't violence condone on this okay, podcast well, i could figuratively kick his ass we would okay. like to imagine it though right. right i would never actually instigate violence i mean i have an idea about him just based off of this so what kind of person he is like yeah i could probably diagnose him and i'm not even qualified to do that <laughs> you know I, I bet his name is something like brett or like <laughs> mason or some i have another name in mind well but we I'll, don't I'll, say I'll, that name on this podcast exactly, it's like voldemort exactly. right exactly it's like voldemort he, he shall not be uh, i'm gonna call him asshole i yeah i like that yeah, yeah. that's what we can stick with yeah but that's all we have for you this week. Make sure you go check us out on all our social media. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, um, Brew of a Kind and Brew of a Kind Pod. And if you have any um, similar stories, feel free to send them to us at brewofakindpod at gmail.com. 
And remember, every like, share, comment helps us, and we appreciate everything that you guys do. Yes, and I'm happy to say that we are currently on almost all streaming platforms, with the exception of Apple Podcasts, because Apple hates me. So we're still working on that. But as soon as we are up on Apple Podcasts, we will let you all know. Until then, find us on Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yes, it was yeah, so great Thanks for coming you. on, Derek. Yeah, if you would like to hear me or see me more on these podcasts, please subscribe and like and, and comment that ooh, who's that <laughs> who is Derek? who's that smooth voice that i hear because <laughs> yeah, i'm so smooth <laughs> like peanut butter well with that being said until next time this has been girl of kind thank you bye y'all bye. Bye.